time to put the draft order. So, this is how we're going to do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is on your... the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. But that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Dynasty, Debbie, Redraft, DFS, and Betty. Gridiron Fantasy Show has got you covered. Featuring my guys, Paul Edgington and Derek Cook. Take it away, boys. Welcome in to this week's episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host as always, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing on this lovely Saturday evening? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, no complaints. Having a little hard time, rough patch, sports betting wise, but other than that, can't complain. How about yourself? Doing about the same, buddy. Kind of a rough patch, kind of not. Just toned down my volume a little bit. I had a pretty good first month of January. I made it a decent profit overall. So that was always good, but just reeling it back in a little bit, trying to manage funds a little bit better, especially with football season winding down, trying not to go too crazy, trying to keep myself busy in other sports. Yeah, the uh, the conference championship round really I kind of fucked up in. Uh not necessarily lost a whole lot of money, but didn't make the money I'd been making, you know, the pre the previous three weeks. So I'm in the exact same boat, just reeling a little bit, get that bankroll back up, and head on to the next season. And we finally, well, I shouldn't say finally, probably took less than two weeks, I think, finished our startup draft that we were doing the last, I think, week and a half, if that it took us. Yeah. Finally wrapped that up, and boy... It's first time as a commissioner I've ever went the route of selecting individual rookie picks. So that was a pain in the ass to put that on the draft board and assign all the picks to each different person individually. That took a good 10-15 minutes to do, which, you know, 10-15 minutes may not be a lot of time, but that was a pain in the ass and double checking and all that nonsense just to make sure it's all correct. The bad thing is because of the way that you had to do it, you know, you had a separate Google Doc sheet for it. It, it just staying on top of it and being aware, just extra time. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I, you know, a lot of you, good job. You did a hell of a job. I feel like you stayed on top of it pretty fucking well. But um, that was interesting. I wish that there was a, a incorporated way, easier way to do it within Sleeper. Like if I picked. Obviously, I wish there was just a way that it could just be like you could toss all the rookie picks for 23 in the draft pool Mm -hmm. and then pick them. Yeah, that would be nice. But unfortunately, it's not really. Being a free platform, hard to complain. But that would be something I would 
hope yeah. they implement sometime. Yeah, I don't even think MFL has something like that. They do or don't? They don't, that I'm aware of. I know you can, like, create a player and, like, name it, you know, 23 rookie pick, 1-0, blah, blah, blah. Right. But they still do the same thing, go in and assign picks to people. So yeah, for all that, you might Same thing we're doing, basically. I mean, is there a big difference between doing that compared to drafting individual players? Like drafting the rookies right now? Yes. I'd say it's a Out, huge difference. Outside of the rookies possibly not being in the database. From, like, a dynasty player standpoint, I'd say it's a huge difference. Yeah, because those rookie picks that we just drafted, they're only going to go up in value from now till the NFL draft. They're not going to go down at all. Right. Whereas a player could. With my experience from last season, I know I did a few drafts. Late March, early April. Obviously not this early with rookies. But still, pre-NFL draft, lots of hype. Took Malik Willis, Matt Corral, plenty early in startups. You and I co-managed a couple of teams, and we were taking Malik, like, round three, Corral, round five, six. and Yeah, and granted, that was when Malik Willis was projected to be a top ten, top three pick, wasn't it? And look how quickly that changed. Right. Now, I definitely get where you're, where you're coming from. Uh, whenever you put a player with that pick, it automatically decreases in value, especially if you don't know landing spots. And say somebody invests super high draft capital in a particular player, it might change the way you draft. I agree with that, absolutely. So like I said, this is the first time drafting individual picks. This is the earliest I drafted by far. Most of mine have come either beginning April, right after the NFL draft. So this is easily the earliest I've ever drafted, and I'm digging it. I didn't, was skeptical at first, you know, free agency hasn't happened, plenty of things can still change, but I, I like it. Right, but you can kind of stick to your guns and bet on players who are free agents, for example, like a guy like, uh, like Gerald Everett, you know. Anything could happen. Exactly. So it's a nice twist on things, I kind of view it and compare it to like the underdog contest or FFPC their big boy leagues, you know they're drafting May all the way through April which of course that's just redraft but similar things, May, June in redraft terms, that's light years away from the season when you should be drafting. Yeah, what do, what do we usually draft in redraft around August? Yeah, last July, couple of years done uh, slow drafts so I've Usually done it like three weeks before the season. We kick it off, finish right. up in a week or so. Right. And still, sometimes that feels kind of early to be going at it. But back to my main point, you know, values. You get different values at different points in the draft cycle. Now we're getting values on like a Trey Lance, still injured. That's what is in everybody's minds. And now with Brock Purdy going down, possibly for a year, I'm sure his stock is going to heat back up in ADP terms. So I know for this one, I reached on him a little bit, but I got him like mid-third. You sniped them both on me, you fucker. Okay. That's my guy. I had to get him. We, I, You and I have come to an agreement because we picked, what were you, 9? And I was 10? Yeah. yeah. Or no. We were 10, I was 11. 11. I was 11. You were 10. We can't be on that same side back-to-back because... 
it just don't work for either of us. Nope, now with this league, we can't make any trades together because naturally drafted in the same area, same direction. Just not going to make good we, trade partners. We had the same outlook on a lot of guys, so it's hard to, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just different, getting different values on guys such as Trey Lance now compared to May. Same thing with those best ball contests and lineup leagues. You're drafting June, May, June, you're getting different values on guys than compared to August, like a Damian Pierce last year. I'm sure people were taking him super late last two, three rounds. Come August, he was probably, what, fifth, sixth-round pick after he locked up the starting job. Right. Just getting different values on guys at different times. So I, I know uh, not the... Not this past expo. The first one we went to in 21. We sat in on a presentation for the high stakes contest. And one of the key points that the gentleman was talking about was do lots of drafts. Each month, do lots of drafts because you're going to get values on different players at different times. At different times. So right. do lots of drafts so you're covering all your bases. You're getting a chance to soak in that value. You're not just waiting till August to draft. Right. Once you can't be ahead of the game at that point, you're playing behind the eight ball. Right. Well, you can get a projection and kind of see about where people are trending or where the community is trending on these players. So I totally agree with him saying that. You know, you can just see patterns and trends. It's it's for ADP purposes. It's great. Yes, that, um, that was in the back of my mind when I was putting together our leagues for this year. I was like, hey, let's do some. January, February drafts, draft individual rookie picks, and let's see what kind of value we can get now compared to late April, early May when we're used to doing startups. Right. No, I I, I agree with that, and I will say that um, having individual rookie picks be a part of the startup draft uh, to me was a whole other layer because we, I don't know if you've, you've ever done it, but I've never done it that way, and it really made you think, like. You know, say, I think I got like a top two pick. I, I went because I'm hoping to get. Obviously, I think you went 101. I think I went 102. I might have been 103. Yeah, I can't, I can't exactly remember, but I was okay with one of the top three quarterbacks, whichever one falls. Mm-hmm. I'm good with it. But I think I got a late first also or an early second. Can't remember exactly, but it makes you think like, who's available at that time. You know, landing spots, blah blah blah, and then where am I drafting them in correlation to the rest of my startup? It's it's a whole other layer to this onion. It just makes you think, you know. And same thing if you're getting late in your draft, kind of like we were, and it's like, man, we're still drafting the third round. I'm gonna take a third round pick. Might as well because all my starters are cool. I've drafted three or four bench guys. If I take a mid third and our in the rookie class, it could hypothetically be a guy that could start. So, I, I thought it was a neat layer. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at mine now. I got 101, 7 and 9, then 205 and 212. Right. So, what, five picks in the top 24? Right. Pretty healthy amount. The 101, which I took at like, what, 203, I think. I was kind yeah. of surprised it lasted that long. I thought for sure it'd be gone late first, like anywhere from 8 to 12. In the first round, I thought it'd be gone. I about took it. I I thought about it, that's for sure. 
I thought about it too because I didn't think it was coming back to me. Yeah, but so I, I got the 103, the 10110, and then the 209. So I got three in the top 24. So not mad. Not, I'm not mad. No, and again, they're only going to gain value between now and when we do our rookie draft. Right. Especially the later rounds, like you were talking, taking thirds and fours. Those are going to gain more value than the roster cloggers we would have been drafted there anyways. Exactly what I was trying to kind of get at. These guys that are, you know, two, three years in, haven't shown up, haven't done nothing, haven't really, or haven't been given the opportunity that, like, you are calling them roster cloggers. I'd rather take a chance on a new dart throw coming in, that new shiny toy that might be something compared to somebody who was a new shiny toy three years ago who hasn't done anything yet. Exactly. They won't be a roster clogger this year, but yeah, they might be next ta- year. Well, taxi squad. Okay. Might as well re-roll it. Right. No shame in that. Or, you know, you take your, you know, two-thirds, even move up to a second. You know, it's versatility and flexibility. Absolutely. Well, we'll go ahead and kick it off with a couple of uh, topics we wanted to discuss on this episode. Coaching changes. Sean Payton is officially the coach of the Denver Broncos. Looks like the Broncos paid a first and a second, and they got back a third for Sean Payton. And I saw he has some kind of outrageous contract coming. I don't know how I feel about the hire yet. From what I've seen, some people are thinking this is going to be Russell Wilson's savior and the offensive savior, and they're going to be fantastic. I don't know if I buy into it quite yet. They had to improve. Yeah, I mean, no matter what they did, they were going to get better. Yeah, they were. There was really no way to go further down. (coughs) So, hypothetically, there was really only one way to go, and that's up. Mm -hmm. Sean Payton is that a step in the right direction? Absolutely. Is it a steep price to pay? Probably. I, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, luckily, that first-round pick wasn't theirs. It was the 49ers. But regardless, a first and a second for Sean Payton and getting a third back. I think the second was, was it this year's second or next year's second? Um, next year, it was next year's second. A 23 first from San Francisco, a 24 second f- to the New Orleans for Payton and a 24 third. So they won't get that pick until 24. But, um, but still... You're, you're paying it. It's, it's a hell of a pay, you know. Um, we kind of talked about this a few episodes back when Harbaugh was also interviewing for the same job. And obviously it gained some traction because Harbaugh returned to Michigan. And it seemed like him and Harbaugh and Sean Payton were the two leading candidates. So, hoorah to the Broncos. And there was also some worrying around with the coaching staff that Sean Payton was um, I guess rumored about trying to assemble into mm-hmm. Avengers Assemble for Denver. But, um, you know, he's 59, hadn't coached since 21. I still think he's a hell of a coach, but I wouldn't put all my eggs, like you say, in one basket with Russell Wilson or anybody on that team. Um, shit, Javante Williams coming back from a pretty bad injury. Was there a, but who, wasn't there a watch receiver that got hurt too? It wasn't Sutton or Judy, so okay. doesn't really matter after that. I guess not. But regardless, I, I still wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket with Russell Wilson. I wouldn't either, especially in their division. You're battling Mahomes and the Chiefs. 
Herbert and the Chargers, so you're, battling, you're fighting for third at best. Right. Depending on what the Raiders do, could end up fourth every year. And the, yeah. what I'm seeing, he's got a five-year deal anywhere from 17 to $20 million per year. Just to go out there and be third place in your division, maybe make a wild card every once in a blue moon. I mean, you got to think that that division is just going to beat the shit out of each other. Obviously, with the Chiefs being at the top because the Chiefs are the Chiefs and uh, what the Chargers made it this year too, right? They did, yes. Yeah, so there's two. What the Chargers were ten and seven. Ten and seven, yeah. Nine and eight, one and two, something like that. So, I mean, about the only team that I would say with Sean Payton, assuming that he brings in a good coaching staff, that I would say that they're not going to lose in the division to is possibly the Raiders. Yeah, that's just because they are a dumpster fire currently. Right. Which, I'm seeing rumblings that Aaron Rodgers could end up there. If he does, that... I mean, that's a different story. Yeah. I mean, that, that throws a whole new goose egg, or a whole new layer into this onion as well. Kind of makes you wonder why Devontae Adams fucking left, but... Yeah. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I saw Derek Carr. I haven't watched any of the Pro Bowl stuff. It's... In my opinion, a waste of time with every the way it goes now. It's a waste of everybody's time. Players that could be a home with families and whatnot. It but definitely just, doesn't carry the same weight it used to. No. But just watching some highlights and stuff on TikTok and whatnot. And I think I sent you this particular one. Derek Carr did fantastic in one of the challenges and was interviewing him. And something about he's never been this hot in Las Vegas before. And. He said, "That's that's why that's I'm why I'm not coming back. Right, that's why I'm gonna have a new team." Right. And then you can just see, like, he laughed for a second. You can just see in his eyes, just like he the was, pain. Yeah, like he was about to cry. Yeah, it's like, damn, he he loves that organization. He's giving it his all. Well, no, he but he's always kind of he's he's a, a big Christian and loyal mm-hmm. and all that. You know, he's he's a good dude. So and he's been nothing but loyal to the Raiders. So it, it sucks. I don't know exactly what their problem is there. It's I think it's more than just quarterback. But Yeah, even if you put Aaron Rodgers on this team the last couple of years, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. No, Derek Carr, don't get me wrong, is a little bit of a head case. He ruffles his feathers a little bit early. He's off his game. But, yeah, Aaron, same thing, like you said. If you throw Aaron Rodgers on that team, I don't think it's no, – no disrespect for Aaron Rodgers or anything, but I don't think it changes much. No. It's not, like, has, it's not like Derek Carr has been stinking it up. Right, he's been fairly competent for a handful of years and – he was in the MVP race one year. Uh, yeah, several years ago. I think that was the year he got hurt. He yeah. hadn't quite been back to the. He hadn't quite been to the same caliber that year since then. But and he's been fucking good. He did take him to a playoff appearance finally in twenty one. Unfortunately, ran into the Bengals. But that was wild card weekend, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. But it sucks. Yeah, sucks for him. But I did see they have some kind of. Uh, Trigger in his contract for February 15th. I forget exactly he, what it is, but... He has a no-trade clause, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. So, he controls his destiny at this point, whether he wants to waive it or just get released and pick where he goes. It's up to him, but there's some kind of trigger as of February 15th, if he's on the team or something. They owe him X amount of money or something. Yep, and of course, the new league year doesn't open till March, so... No trades can become official until March. Right, so he's basically owed that money regardless, unless unless he gets cut, right? I don't think he can get cut yet, because the league year is not started. 
So he's going to be owed that money regardless. Yep, and he's already said, or his agent or whatever, has already said he's not going to work with the Raiders to move that deadline at all. going to take that money he's owed. Good on him. He should. Exactly. Good for him. The organization wants to kick you to the curb. Well, kick them in the nuts on the way out and take all the money that they signed you for. Right. It's not his fault they want to get out of it early. Right. I would. I don't blame him. Motherfuckers, you should have signed a better contract. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure he just signed that extension last year. Was it a four-year deal? I think it was a three-year extension on top of whatever was left. Probably only a year. So an extension is basically for adding, he'll be on there for four more years. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. And they're already ready to move on after one year with a new coach who, no disrespect, but Josh McDaniels has fucking sucked as head coach previously. There's a reason he keeps crawling back to Daddy Belichick in New England. He just can't hack his head coach. And I think again last season it showed it. And he's definitely not going to be able to do it in that division going up against Reed, Payton, and whoever the hell the Chargers end up sticking with. I know it's Brandon Staley at this point, but I don't think he's going to last too much longer there. He might have another season left, but I I agree with you. Wasn't there some stuff about, um, shit, you say McDaniels? What did you say? Josh. Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Wasn't there some shit that came out that uh, like his ex-players were talking about? Him videotaping shit and telling them exactly what to do on the field in certain particular situations, and then they were doing really good, and then ended up later down the road because he got caught. That he didn't do that anymore, and then they started losing. That I haven't heard about, but coming from Belichick's tree, it would not surprise me. We'll have to look it up, but I'm about ninety-five percent positive I saw a video of an ex. I can't remember. It might have been a New England player doing that. That wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. They're always trying to find something to get a leg up. Right. It's, like you said, the Belichick tree. Yeah. It, it reaches pretty far. Yeah. We'll move on to our next big coaching change in the head coaching circle. D'Amico Ryans has been hired as the head man of the Texans. The Broncos did really want Ryans as their next coach. That's ultimately why they turned to Payton. He told them no and went with the Texans, who he played linebacker for them for a number of years, was a former second-round pick out of Alabama. Pretty good get. Uh, you said, what, he's 38, 39? Yeah, 38. A young guy, great defensive mind, yeah, being in San Fran around Shannon. coordinator for San Francisco, yep. So he's been a lot of around the great offensive mind of Coach Shanahan. And he had a pretty stout defense to back it up to boot. Yeah, you never know. Could call back in some of those connections he had from his playing days. J.J. Watt would make a fucking hell of a coach, no matter where you put him on your staff. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I saw him a defensive coordinator, but I sure as shit wouldn't be opposed to do it. Give him strength and conditioning. Knock it out of the fucking party. Anything, defensive line coach, whatever the hell you want to do. Assistant, defensive coordinator, whatever. I agree with you. I saw, uh, like, even... Um, Andre Johnson, I'm sure you remember him. Yeah, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, he showed up to the press conference and all that for D'Amico Ryans. So, it was a pretty good turnout there. Andre Johnson, was that one of the... Did he go to Miami? He did. Yeah. Sure so, did. Uh, number 81, right? Maybe. 81 or 5. I know not, he was not 5 Miami. in the NFL. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Or maybe 1 or 2. 
We're talking but, the same guy. He went to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the Heisman Discord chat for Destination Debbie, it's brought up that maybe Ryan's marches in there, takes his version of J.J. Watt, quote-unquote, Willie, Willie Anderson, the second pick, and goes out there and trades a second, third-round pick for Trey Lance I to be his quarterback. I but wouldn't this, be close to it. This all happened before Brock Purdy's injury, mind you. Right. I would absolutely love that if that was the case. But now with Purdy getting hurt and the Coach Shanahan quarterback injury curse is kicking in once again, I don't think it's as uh, good as done as I was talking last week on the podcast about Lance moving on. Yeah, the Brock Purdy injury throws a pretty big wrinkle into this because isn't that a pretty significant timetable for recovery? I've seen anywhere from six to nine months to a year if he has the Tommy John surgery. Yeah, if it's the Tommy John surgery, that's what I mean. It's, you're talking, I mean, base, we're familiar with baseball and Tommy John surgery. That's just a killer. You're Right. I mean, they, usually, they usually come back, The when pitchers in the MLB have Tommy John surgery, they usually come back if their arm is stronger, but it's a hell of a recovery time. Uh-huh. So it's over a year for baseball easily. Right. That's what they were saying for this. It would be at least a year. Right. From whatever he has. So next season is over with if that's the case. Right. So now you don't have... And they're obviously a win-now team. That team was great. They're nasty. And I saw some comments Shanahan made basically saying that Jimmy G's not coming back. They're not bringing him back. So then it's like, what do you do? It's got to be Trey Lance. Unless unless you're going to draft another quarterback. This whole Mr. Irrelevant, getting this guy for super cheap, last pick in the draft, take us to the Super Bowl, and all blah, blah, blah. Got blown up really fast. Yeah, that tends to happen when you, uh, you know, get hit in the arm. And I remember, what was it, a UCL? Yeah, UCL. Yeah, tear, complete tear. Was it a partial or a complete tear? I think it was a complete tear, wasn't it? Because he. Yeah, I think it was a partial Tommy John wouldn't even be on the table. Yeah. To my knowledge. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, a complete UCL tear, and then the backup got hurt, and he had to go back out there, but he couldn't throw the fucking ball. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you're kind of, I don't even know. Shit in one hand and belief in the other, see which one weighs more, I guess. I don't know, man. I mean, it, it sucks. It's um, a, this is a complete... hand curse, man. It's something yeah. about it's, him it's, and his fucking quarterbacks. It's not just quarterbacks, though. Running backs, too. Yeah, but even then, before it was a whole, it's mobile quarterbacks. He runs them into the dirt. Okay, I, I get it. With RG3, then Trey Lance. But then you see Mark Purdy. Then you see Jimmy G. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just the curse, man. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, the bad thing is, like, they have a good offensive line, and the Brock Purdy one's just a, it's a freak fluke accident. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's... It didn't even look that bad in real time, and then it turns out, oh, shit. It's bad. We're, we're in trouble here. Right. So, I mean, I remember talking to you during the game, and you were like, CMC is the emergency quarterback. I go, oh, shit, put CMC back there. It was I'd like rather, him I'd rather see this. Kyle Juszczyk. It's like, put one of them back there that... Can they can at least can throw run, the ball. Right, and run faster. And run some options. Wildcat, some, some running back passes and something. 
Brock Purdy back there, I get he knows the offense, but he can't do anything. He's hating the ball off. That's right. it. What's the sense in that? But back to Tobacco Ryans. I think it's a home run hire for the Texans. You had the young guy, young mind, former player, going to come in and rebuild that culture. Hopefully turn things around and do spend. more than rebuild it. Build it. True. This is true. And that division in the AFC South, you know, you're looking at the Colts, Texans, Jags. Colts Jag, Jags are, are probably cooking. Jags are cooking. Colts are eh, lukewarm. Right. I mean, they've got some pieces. Kind of like some old hot dog water you left on the stove. Right. Some day-old chili sauce. Yeah, the Texans seem sorry, the Titans seem like they're on a downward slope so far. Yeah. So they could, you know. Not to realistically be third, second place in that division. He's not fucking Sean Payton walking in to fight for third place at best. Right. He could be fighting for second place. Right. And the Jaguars, as much as I'm becoming a big fan of what's going on there, we've only seen it for one season. Hell, half a season. They got really hot in the second half. So who knows if they're the real deal or not. I, I think, think they are. I think but they are too. I am quickly, I mean... No. I've always liked Trevor Lawrence, but I th- I think it's we're on the doorstep of him being a top five, top three quarterback in the NFL. I think personally, probably more top five because top three are pretty well locked. Yeah. But I love what the Jags are doing. They're building around him that Christian Kirk hire that everybody's making fun of, or Christian Kirk Same. paying him. Everybody's kind of eating their words now because I think he finished as like wide receiver seven last year. Just imagine if they. You know, get more weapons, build that line a little bit, and then that defense gets better. I mean, they can be cooking for the next five, ten years. Yeah, they got a very, a very good young nucleus. And they're heading to, in the right direction. And Doug Peterson knows what he's doing. Absolutely. So very exciting things in Jacksonville. Look at what he did with Carson Wentz. Yeah. <clears throat> so we could possibly see that out of Trevor Lawrence in the next two, three years. And I like Trevor Lawrence a hell of a lot more than I like Carson Wentz. Um, but D'Amico Ryan's what. Why do you think it was he didn't go to the Broncos? Do you think it was because of the, the toughness of that division? I'm sure that's and the ties something back to do with to the it. Texans, too, being that he played there. I'm sure it's more so about going back home, in a way, and building something. Him building something. Go to the Broncos. He's not building shit. Right. He's just, put, he's just putting the pieces together. Kind of like with those pre-made parlays we see on DraftKings and FanDuel. You know, just click... Click your bed, put it in your mouth, and go for it. That's exactly what D'Amico Ryan's will be stepping into in Denver. Already in place for him. He just needs to go in and follow the rules, follow the structure in place, and go with it. So I think that's the big reason was he wants to do something himself, do it his way, not be told, hey, this is what we paid the quarterback for you. We've given you this pretty good team. Take it to the next level. Right. I think he wants to build something of his own. Especially being for a team that he played for, come in and change that organization, turn it around, get a good culture there. I, I agree with everything you're saying, and then also you would would have to think that his leash will be longer. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if he goes to Denver, they're going to immediately expect results. I mean, fuck, look at Hackett. I mean, I know he sucked terribly, but couldn't even get through a whole season. Right. Only the second coach in NFL history to be fired without less than a season. Yeah, but he had no personal conduct issues. None of that. It was wasn't sucked. like he was a bad guy or nothing. He didn't do anything necessarily wrong other than he just wasn't a good coach. 
Exactly. So, sucks for him. But I, he bounced back and landed somewhere already, I believe. As an OC. As an OC somewhere, yeah. yeah. You and I looked at it last week or the week before, I think. But we'll move on to the biggest news over the past week. The GOAT finally hangs it up. For real this time. Tom Brady. So that sucks. It sucks to see him go out that way after such an illustrious career he had to go out on a I believe they still ended up sub-500. Did win the division, but got paddled by your Cowboys. And Brett Maher missing every extra point he could find out there. So, yeah. I mean, that the extra points was fun. They were just killing me, man. He missed, what, like three or four that game? Four. Yeah, it was something Good. crazy. I think you texted me, you're like, has this guy really missed three? And then, like, no shit. It was like five minutes later, I was like, fucking number four. He's was, just lucky it wasn't a close game. Yeah, he about got left in fucking Tampa. But, no, you're absolutely right. Um, it, it sucks, man. Tom Brady, he's obviously still got it. He's The arm's not hurting. Maybe that's a benefit of playing up there in Boston, Massachusetts for, you know, t- 20 years. Yeah. You don't, you know, your, your arm is always on the ice, I guess, being cold, but... You know, you got to respect him. He's the GOAT. What, seven rings? Yeah. So. Yeah. Just sucks to see him go out this type of season. I was hoping he'd rather just go Peyton Manning route. Yeah, I'd rather seen him retire after year one in Tampa. Yeah, go out on top. It's nothing better. Plus, you get to be up there with Peyton. You're a driver. But, ha-ha. The one thing you had on me, I did it too, pal. Right. I went out on top, which... I- you know, and then another thing, I'm maybe I'm harping on this a little bit much, but you played one extra season, you lost your marriage, and nothing really came from this other than you got another year's salary. But to me, he doesn't need the money. No, he's got that three hundred plus million dollar deal from deal, Fox. Yeah, which so. they said they had no idea he was retiring. So he is not a part of their Super Bowl broadcast setup team, whatever the terminology is. So he won't be a part of that because they said they legitimately didn't know he was retiring. And he was not in their plans at all to come in this year or come in for the Super Bowl and do anything for them. I mean, that, that's fair enough. You know, I would assume that you couldn't just retire after you lose a playoff game and expect to immediately transition into into that. I think that's fair. But yeah, I saw on uh, fucking eBay, somebody went to the spot Brady did his video, scooped up some sand, sold on selling it on eBay. Last I saw, it was at like ninety something bids and almost a hundred thousand dollars for this sand that's supposedly where Brady was standing when he did his retirement video. So I was like, huh, go figure. Yeah, I mean. Maybe if we pulled another one of them downtown Brady cards, it'd be worth something crazy. Ah, yeah. Damn it. Still. Last time I take card financial advice from you, my friend. Unbelievable. Went from selling it for almost two grand to get rid of it for 500. Which still can't be mad. Turned what? 35 bucks on 500? 500. Yeah, you can't be too mad. And then I think the guy at that card shop was just. Dicking you down, chewing you down, because there was no scratch on that motherfucker. That thing was clean, but whatever. 
is what it is. Still made a killing on it. Yeah, you over ten times your money, so. Especially when we pulled it. Oh, this is dope. I didn't. It, didn't until think we, it was a money Until we like looked that. it up, I didn't know that it was worth. <laughs> I figured it was worth the pack price, but right. I didn't think it was. You know, when you go home and look, and it says that people have been selling it for two to three thousand dollars. Like, holy shit! What do we have here, Paul? You hit something. Maybe I should uh, break out my Jalen Hurts rookie auto card. That would be the time. See what that's worth. There you go. How you're thinking? Right. Well, the illusions. Yeah. That's a whole different subject. We we need to make a, a card collecting. Well, no, that's a bad idea. It's a bad investment. Don't do that. Yeah, no, no, no. We learned that the hard we, way. We we wasted more money than we'd like to admit. At least, we had I, fun. at least I did. Tons of fun. Opening the cards is all the fun in the world. But I can't say I've made money doing it. Well, digress. Get back on topic. Yes. So the main point of our show this week for Dynasty is our Dynasty cells. Just a couple of cells from each of us at this time that we're actively looking to move off of our rosters. I'm going to kick it off with my lowest on the totem pole. When I put this on the show sheet, to be fair, this was before the whole gun thing came out, all that nonsense with Joe Mixon. He's my number three cell currently. Just based on getting up there, running back age, big contract, which although doesn't mean much being on the Bengals with Mike Brown, he is not even arguably the most loyal owner. He is the most loyal owner. He doesn't cut players, sticks by them. I.e. Eli Apple. Oh, God, that's unfortunate. Carlos Dunlap, when he was throwing fits about trying to get out. Geno Atkins. They didn't want to let him go. He's notorious for being loyal. Yep, so he signed to the deal. I'm sure he's going to see it out in the end. But getting up there in age, the last month or so of the season and postseason, we looked offensively just as good with Samaj P. right back there, in my opinion. That's exactly where I was going to go with this. Samaj P. Ryan, in my opinion, is nowhere near the accomplished rusher that Joe Mixon is or was. But maybe he is now that Mixon's getting up there in age. Uh, O-line does good enough. Obviously, your guys' offense is built around Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. I, I agree with you. Joe Mixon, I, I still think he's valuable oh, and, yeah. can, and can be used. But if you're wanting to sell a year ahead instead of late, I think this offseason is a good time to sell Joe Mixon. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And then, as far as the gun thing goes, charges were dropped. Like his attorney said they were going to be. Right. So that's all... As far as I'm concerned, I think it's over with. I don't think he'll get suspended or anything like that for the league. So, just had nothing to do with that whatsoever. And if he does, it'll be for three games. It's, it won't be. It's not going to be meaningful. It's not like it's he's going to be Deshaun Watson. No. So, just purely on, I'd rather sell a year early than a year late. Bengals look good without him. With an inferior running back, way less talented. Sell him while you can still get some pretty good value for him. Right. P. Ryan had a a career year for his standards this year, Mm -hmm. you know, when Joe Mixon wasn't able to suit up. So P. Ryan is the better pass walker. Yes. Yes. And slowly turning over to be probably just as good as a runner. At least finding the end zone, he's pretty good. And P. Ryan was running mates with Joe Mixon at Oklahoma as well. Right. So So go ahead and kick it to you for preferably your third. Sell. Well, looking to move off your rosters. My number three 
unfortunately, I hate to say it, is Debo Samuel. Mm. I I love Debo. I'm sure as much as you do too, because the guy with the ball in his hands in the open field is wonderful, magnificent. It's it's art. He is he is great. But unfortunately, they made a trade this last year that, in my opinion, probably takes a quarter to half of what Debo Samuel's does for the Niners' offense away. Getting CMC to me destroyed Debo Samuel's effectiveness and versatility coming out of the backfield and doing other shit. Yeah. He may still do it here and there because I know we've seen it in the playoffs and stuff, but CMC does all the same shit. So now Debo Samuel is a pure wide receiver with a few gimmick plays here and there. Drops him from a top five, top ten wide receiver probably to like a top 20 guy. I still love Debo, but that's that's my number three sell. Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I agree with you there. I'm trying to get rid of him as well. Aging. Yeah, I didn't mention that. Yeah, aging. So I mean, he's he is under contract for quite some time. He's got the bag. He just signed that deal this last off season. So it just I don't like I said I don't have the numbers in front of me, but since McCaffrey's there, his carries have gone down. His overall target share in the offense has gone down significantly. And I know his backfield work has dropped significantly, like oh yeah, tenfold. So it's a, not the best time to sell him, but who well, I don't I see mean, him recouping his value. McCaffrey's I, under I mean, contract as well, so he's not going anywhere. Right, so there, his, Kittle's there. There's, a lot, there's, there. there's a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, and at Trey this point, Lance we don't know who the quarterback is. the starter I, next year. There's again, more carries coming out of Debo's back pocket. Right. So I'd be getting rid of him as well. That's for I sure. Mean, you probably might not be able to get as much for him now as if you waited for a week or two for him to score some points, but who's to say that even happens? Yeah, with his injury history... You never know. Right. He might go play three games next year and get a bruised leg. I, no offense to Debo. I love Debo. I love the player he is. He's electric, fun to watch, great in open field, but at time to sell is now. Better safe than A year than early than a year late. Exactly. That's the point. You want me to go with my second one? Yeah, I'll let you keep it rolling. All right, so this one might be a touch of a hot take. It's not going to be as big as a hot take as my number one guy, but Javante Williams. I really like Javante coming out, but I believe his rookie year he split time was it was a Philip Lindsay, no Melvin Gordon. Melvin, yeah, Melvin Gordon. I really liked him coming out. He was a running back two, I think. Um, ended out. up, yeah. So, you know, he was serviceable rookie year, and just for a touch last year. But you know, Javante Williams I, coming back from injury, I, I don't have a whole lot of hope in that Denver team. Although getting Sean Payton is a big help, I just I think it's the time to sell is now. His value is still up there, but I think it's going to I, personally I think it just it's going to continually decrease, especially yeah. with all these new hot running backs coming in the league. You got you know uh, Bijan and Jameer coming in this year, and maybe you could even say a guy like Zach Charbonnet, uh, Sean Tucker, who's the Zach other one? Evans. Zach Evans, you know, and then year after that you're gonna have Travion Henderson. Uh, Nick Singleton, right? Uh-huh. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. So, to me, Javante Williams would be a good sell this year. He's, to me, on the same trajectory Najee Harris was between his rookie year and last year, just a year later. Yeah, I was never the biggest Javante guy from the jump, as you know, but even more so now, not a Javante guy. Situation's changing. He's not the Alvin Kamara for Sean Payton, so no. who knows? 
what he's going to do with that backfield. He could be the Mark Ingram. But even then, people want to see receiving or receiving stats out of him because he is a pretty good receiving back. But I don't think his value is going to go anywhere near what it was at his peak during his rookie year or before him getting hurt last year. So it sucks. He was a promising young talent. And what we thought was going to be a great situation once Melgo left. He still hung around somehow. So I, I don't have any shares of him now, personally. I got rid of him before the injury, and I had a couple after the injury. And I made sure to get rid of him as soon as I could. So if I still had him, I'd desperately, desperately be trying to move him for whatever I could get at this point before his value goes down even more. Uh, I mean, just kind of, I totally agree with you and kind of piggybacking off of that. So he, you know, only played, what, like four games last year. The year before, he had a full season. Granted, between the, what, 16, 17, whatever, 20 games, whatever the hell it was, he's got 1,100 rushing yards and only four touchdowns. Yeah. It's not, you would expect a lot more from a guy that he was supposed to be. Again, 1,200 rush yards, but he did have almost 400 receiving yards between the year and a quarter that he played. But he also had uh, only... So he scored four rushing and three receiving. But to me, the injury knocked him back enough. I don't love this guy like I did Cam Akers. Mm -hmm. Also, I don't believe in that offense like I do in the Rams. Even now. I think Russell Wilson is toast. He's cooked. He's done. And I love Sean Payton as a coach, but I don't think he's... I don't think the Bengals, or blah, the Bengals, Denver Broncos are going to have success. And I'm with you there. Go ahead and move on to my second sell, George Pickens. Uh, I love some George Pickens. I think he's a beast. I think he's going to be a beast at some point. But Kenny Pickett didn't look great. Deontay Johnson taking around, Pat Fryer Muth. They're still going to upgrade this offense as a whole. They're not just going to stick with this core for much longer. Missed the playoffs, of course. Didn't look too great. So the, a lot of people are still in on Pickens. I'd be moving him now while he's still hot, young, fresh, before <coughs> he hits the field next year. If we see if the situation is any worse, if Pickett does improve whatsoever, the offensive line gets better, Najee goes back to being rookie or Najee, maybe, probably not. But I'd be trying to get rid of him right now capitalize on the value that he currently has before it could possibly go down. Uh, I 100% agree with you. 95% agree with you. I like selling George Pickens and getting the return on investment if you didn't draft him in the first round. And uh, and as a rookie, like rookie, you know, rookie draft. Mm-hmm. If you draft him in the first round, I think at this point, you're probably keeping because I don't think you're going to get much more than a first back for him. But I agree with your testament that I don't I don't think Kenny Pickett's the answer either. I don't think that's to me that's not the ticket. He's to me gonna be a bridge quarterback. Yeah. He did good enough to get he was better than Trubisky. I don't think there's any question about that, but that's not saying a lot. You know, they had a winning season, Mike Tom Mike Tom has never had a losing season with the Steelers. Good on him. But there's a lot of mouths to feed, like you say. I don't know if Najee Harris goes back to the he did rookie year. I don't think so because plantar fasciitis, what he had, mm-hmm. it doesn't just go away. It's always going to be a problem. He's also 24. 
I, I outside of I do agree, I agree with you that George Pickens he's going to be a beast. He's a dog, alpha, all the above. But how I, long until you? It could be, have to see that. It could be two or three years before we see that come out of George Pickens. It's yeah. not. It's not like AJ Green had Andy Dalton right. as soon as he came in. So, so I have him. I think on two teams off the top of my head. Our training will reopen next week after the Super Bowl. He'll be the first player put on the block in Sydney. I've, I've seen that a lot of people do this. They put a player on the block, or they have someone they want to move, and they send out off to every fucking team in the league. I'm going to be doing that. It's going to hit the block. I'm going to be sending off to every team, see where everyone's at on him, see what I can get done as quickly as I can. So I would you'll strike, be getting one too. Yeah, I'll probably look at it because I do like George Pickens and the iron is hot. But I'll probably get outbid if that's your game plan. That's I'm not going to pay anything crazy for him, but I, I am interested. We'll, we'll talk. Gotta start my own bitty wars. There you go. But auction gonna, house. There we are. I'll go ahead and fire off my last sell. I don't like this one. I know you don't, but I get it though. I, I, I'm glad you don't like it as a sell, so I know you'll buy, which is good No, for me. Justin Fields. Plenty of reasons. The Bears suck. Organizationally, they suck. Has no weapons. The no weapons. No O-line. Mediocre O-line. Run game's terrible. He was a great fantasy asset and scorer because he ran the shit out of the ball. And over a took thousand, a bunch of hits. Over a thousand rushing yards. Monsters. Numbers on the ground. I have him as QB 8 or 9, I think, off the top of my head. So I'm not saying he sucks by any means or he's fallen down by rankings. But again, capitalize on his value. Because no matter how much we love him, what we saw last year, we don't know what's going to happen with the future of the Bears. Right. Who knows? They could fumble the fucking first pick. Wouldn't be surprising. So we just don't know. I mean, they gave the second, the first pick in the second round for Chase fucking Claypool. That's a little concerning, considering they didn't use Claypool too much after getting him, which I get, coming in, getting acclimated to a new team and whatnot. But there were still about eight to ten games after he got there. We saw nothing from him. Literally. So. I would have rather seen that 201 going towards a, a lineman. Yeah, absolutely. And they had... The Ravens' second-round pick that they got in the Roquan Smith trade, but they chose to give their pick. Right. So just too many unknowns for me at this point, especially when you can sell them for a fucking haul right now still. A lot of people still love them. I'm getting rid of them as fast as I can. I have one share left in our Debbie League, and I'm hoping you'll break down and make a deal with me next week for him. I don't see that happening. I... It sucks to put him on the cell because I I still think he's talented and I think there's a ceiling there for him to hit in the right situation with the right pieces around him. My my concern, like you basically just said, is that that Bears organization just sucks, absolutely sucks. And kind mm-hmm. of piggybacking off of trading the two hundred one for Claypool at two hundred one in, in the real draft, I'm, you could get a guy at wide receiver at the same position. In my opinion, that's a hell of a lot better than Clay's Chapel. Chase Claypool. And Clay's oh, Chapel. Yeah, absolutely. He had so he had a hundred about hundred and twenty receiving yards, zero touchdowns, in 
25, 28 receptions in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. The snap absolutely were dismal. Nothing. Did nothing. Mm-hmm. And he was the one. Yep. Darno Mooney was not the one. He was until Claypool got there. Should have been. Um, it, it sucks to agree with you, but I, I wholeheartedly agree. And we can't sit there. For fantasy purposes, he had a fucking hell of a season. But we can't mm-hmm. assume he's going to replicate a thousand yards on the ground again and not get hurt. Which I'm sure he will. I, I have no doubts that he very well can do that. I'm just not wanting to trust the Bears organization to help him out. And I, don't, that's, I don't want him to have to do that. I'd rather him be about 600 yards and up them passing numbers up a lot. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, I had him on a failed contender, paired him with Jalen Hurts, and he single-handedly killed me in the first half of the season. That took me from being a, one of the best teams and top contender going in to not even being on the edge of playoffs to completely to the bottom. So it took me from that to selling off a shitload of assets that I wouldn't have sold. So he's still the chopping block. I I, I don't blame you. Um, and like I said, I still think he's talented. It's just really it's because of the situation. I, I don't like the Bears. Don't trust the Bears. They're not going to do what's right. It's no. kind of like the, you know, how they kind of poke about the Bengals and – or not Bengals, the Browns and quarterbacks and how quarterbacks go there to die when they get drafted and all that. It's mm-hmm. slowly the same way with the Bears. So I agree with you. Hate to say it, but I do. Um, now, my hot take here, my number one sell, and kind of similar as yours, like I think I've got him as like a top six, between five and seven, somewhere around there, quarterback in the league, Justin Herbert. And I say that... Yeah, why, why the hell are you selling Herbie? So, my well, outlook on it is... <laughs> Obviously, about that. the guy has a hell of an arm. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. We were talking about earlier with, with Staley. He might be gone. Hard to say. The wide receivers and weapons he has, Austin Eckler is getting up there in age. I know they got Isaiah Spiller or whatever, but we haven't seen shit from him. Uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they all could be gone. And then you dive a little bit better in the analytically. Arguably, he's had one of his worst seasons. He had 700 pass attempts this year. Didn't have a career high, which was a career high for attempts. He had, I mean, his completion percentage went up, but his average yards per throw is about a yard and a half lower than what it was last year. His uh, TDs was the lowest he's had in his career. Rookie year, he had 31 last year, at 38 this year, at 25. Uh, to me, I mean, I know there, it's more than just that and then situationals. I just feel like he is, to me, slipping down my rankings. And I wouldn't be surprised if he loses a couple of them big targets like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, or Austin Eckler, that he could slip down a lot further. I don't agree with you about selling him. He's slipping down my rankings, has been, this whole season. I don't see him as that. Locked and loaded, top three quarterback that we did view him as going into the season. I just don't think people are hot and heavy on Herbie as they, they were. For I'm not. some That's of the fine. reasons you listed. Eckler, I, I don't agree with. He has he, he's, he's there in age. 
Absolutely, but the train on the tires, he's got less work than McCaffrey and Saquon. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. He was hurt for three years. Absolutely, that's helping him. Could be. But Keenan Allen's going to be gone in, what, two, two years, three years maybe? Yeah. Mike Williams, you can never trust the guy. He seems like he gets hurt every year. Seems like they have a revolving door tight end every couple of years. They have a decent one, and they get a new one. Mm-hmm. So, right. Not a terrible sale. I just don't necessarily agree with him. Being a sell at this point, I wouldn't be buying him myself. I think people would still be looking, what, three first round of value, I assume, is That's in the neighborhood you'd yeah, be looking for. Probably. I, I I just don't think he's worth it. No. No. I don't think so either. And he, like, I, like what I said originally, he's falling down my draft boards, or down my, my ranking board. I wouldn't be surprised if he was somewhere between... They're around the 8 to 12 range come this time next year. If his if his numbers plummet like they did from year 2 to year 3, from 3 to 4, I wouldn't be surprised. Would you swap Herbert for Kyler Murray straight up? Right now? Right now. No. Today. What no. would you want on top of Kyler? Something pretty significant because Justin Herbert's going to make me win now. I'm missing Kyler all year next year. What about T-Law? I'd swap probably straight up. I would do. I, I think I have, I think I have them back to back in my rankings. And I like Trevor Lawrence. I know I say it a lot, but like the ceiling on Trevor Lawrence to me right now is a ton higher than Justin Herbert. We don't. Yeah. Justin Herbert was blessed when he was drafted coming into a team that had the weapons the San Diego Chargers did. Between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, regardless of shit, we're talking kind of now about the both of them. It's a hell of a wide receiver duo to walk into as a big arm rookie quarterback. Trevor Lawrence has gone through the growing pains. What growing pains are we going to see from Justin Herbert when one of them two guys are gone? Or both are gone. Yeah. I know there was a game this last year where he didn't do shit when both of them were hurt. Yeah, it's tough to do, missing your studs. But like you said, it's that's going to happen sooner rather than later for him. Right. I I I want to. I would like to see him make the guys around him better, like yeah. what Peyton Manning did, making that no-name Austin Collie guy a semi-household name. I know that they've got big names right now, but I'd rather sell again a year too early than a year late. Yeah, Josh Palmer was supposed to be something nice coming he, in. He could have been, but Mike Williams signed that extension last year. Yeah. Or before this last season. So I had some pretty high hopes for Josh Josh Palmer too. And it didn't pan out. Yeah. I just don't know you'd be having many trading partners to sell them off to for a good value. I guess it just depends on what your ROI would be. Because if you took him if you took him last year you probably took him as a top three pick in a startup. So, yeah, you'd probably have yeah. to get three firsts for him. I mean, to me, he's definitely not a bona fide top three guy. He's not even a top five quarterback, in my opinion. He's six, seven, or eight. Yeah. I mean, to me, it is Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, top three, bona fide. And then next tier, I would probably say Lamar, T Law. Maybe Herbert then. Kyler then. Kyler Herbert, somewhere around there. 
seven range. Yeah, I think we got at least three quarterbacks that are ascending right now. We got T Law, Fields, Burrow. Yes. They're all three shooting up boards. Yes. Somebody's going to move down. I'm not even mentioning Jalen Hurts either. Yeah. So it's. He's going down. He's going down rather far. Yeah. Which he hasn't really done anything wrong, per se. His situation is just not going to get much better. His situation is not going to get better, and his numbers are going down. Somehow. Right. So, how far does this plummet go? Yeah. Personally, if I had him and I drafted him as a rookie, I would have sold him after his rookie year. Oh, you got would have got a crazy return on investment. Right. Because that, between that offseason, but, you know, the next following year, which would have been, was this year three for him? Yes. Yeah, so when you were doing your startups in 2021, or when you were doing your startup in 2021, he was a top three bona fide pick between, you know, it still probably went Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert. Mm-hmm. And during that startup season, you would have got a crazy return for him if you took him rookie year before. Yeah, it's one rookie draft we had still stands out to me. Set on the clock at 106, 107. I took no fan. Tight end premium. Mm-hmm. Passed on Herbert. One right behind me. Still that, kills me. Was that the Bragging Rage League? That was not. Oh. It was a different one. So it still kills me. But that's a pretty hot take. Haven't really heard much rumblings of people wanting to move Herbert so far. I'm, the not, first people I've I'm seen. not trying to like fade Herbert. I still think he's uber talented. I just think his situation is going to get far worse before he gets better. So you sit on the clock at 106. Do you draft him? What do you pass on? Depends on what quarterbacks have gone. Are you talking every pickup until there's been quarterbacks? And then give me the quarterbacks that have, that have gone. Yeah, if, so Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts. And we'll just get spicy. T-Law. Mm. All gone. So you're looking at what? Lamar, Kyler. Honestly, I'd probably go Lamar. Fields, Watson. Probably go Lamar. Even given his current situation? Yep. Because what I've been seeing is that they are going to exclusive tag him, which means he can't negotiate with any other team. If he chooses not to sign the tag with the Ravens, he can't sign for the entire season. So automatically he's sitting out. I'd rather take that risk. That, that early in the draft. Okay. So it is confirmed here. Derek hates Justin Herbert. No, no. You, you said 106. If it was 107 and Lamar was gone, I'd take Herbert. Lamar was on my list ahead of him. Yeah. Let's say Lamar's going to sit out half the season to play hardball. You still take if, I mean, if we know that ahead of season, yeah, I'm uh-huh. taking Herbert. Okay. But if it's risk-reward, if there's a possibility Lamar plays all year, I'm going to take Lamar. I'm picking up what you put down. I know you like the risk. Oh, I, Risk I it to get the biscuit, right? I love the risky plays. My favorite. I mean, and then on the, the catch-22 or the, the you know other side of the... Of the wall of that one, if I'm at 110 and Lamar hasn't gone because of the worries that he might not play, fuck it. Give me Lamar at 110. Yeah, might as well. well that'll wrap up our sales for this week. Some pretty pretty decent ones, I'd say. I think you could all go out there, all six of the guys we gave, and outside of maybe Herbert, sell them all pretty easily for 
around market value, if not more. Herbert be the only one that I think is going to give you fits just because he Big name. comes with a high price tag. Right. And maybe he's not so deserving at the moment. Uh, the, I mean, I don't know exactly the market value for him, but I could imagine it's somewhere in the neighborhood of three firsts. But if you could get two firsts plus something decent, I don't know, maybe Brandon Ayuk, I'd probably take it. Yeah. One more thing before we get out of here. Saw some interesting rumblings on Twitter that the NFL plans to have active conversations in the offseason about banning what they're calling the hip drop tackles, which Jimmy we've Ward all seen tackle. It pretty much. Yeah. We've all seen it, you know, defenders grabbing from behind on a player. They sweep their legs out, drop the hip, and they land on a leg, ankle, some kind of lower extremity. And bending the player backwards doing so, while also, most of the time, snapping something in their leg, ankle. I.e. Tony Pollard. Yep, so they're they're going to have conversations about possibly baiting that, like they did with the horse collar tackle. I'm all for it. This is a, it's a I shitty mean, play. I, I, I understand I, the defender's point that in that situation, what how else are they supposed to get this guy to the ground? When they have none of the momentum, that's how they're going to stop the momentum. But this has been going on for so long, this exact type of tackle, people have been getting hurt so many times, there's nothing the offensive player can do about it when they just leave their feet and they just wrench you backwards and put all their weight on the back of your leg. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. I mean, you and I talked at length about this when Pollard got hurt because it, I feel like that was a big turning point, particularly in the Cowboys and 49ers game because you lost your most explosive player. Zeke obviously wasn't getting down on the ground. 49ers were keeping him contained. And Pollard was just, all season he's kind of been just that explosive guy. Just do it all. But um, I called Jimmy Moore dirty because of his reputation. But I kind of retracted that because, I mean, what do you expect the defender to do? That, that's I get where the defenders are, are coming from. But what so what would they, what would they do? I mean, what are they going to grab onto him and roll? I mean, I know that they've taught that in college. They just kind of find a what do you choose, another way to play the game. String tackle them. I mean, what do you? It's like having the defensive lineman trying to land on the quarterback. What do you expect them to? Do? Okay, so now instead of me hurting him, you want me to hurt myself? Mm-hmm. What, what? Just gotta find a better angle. Play better, technically sound defense. I guess you Keep could. I guess squared. to a degree, the angle could be an argument, though, if you're. Running behind the guy and catching up to him. What do you? I mean, what do you? I don't know. Just gonna have to hold on and not do that. Try to use your strength, slow him down, swing him to the ground, wait for help. I don't know. I just don't get what would be the right way. I, I agree, it's dirty. Uh, maybe not dirty, but it it, it leads to injuries. It should be a part of the doubt. game. Should not be. No, but. What do you? I mean, what? What's the alternative to make sure that you're? I mean, because you know you're going to fucking tackle the guy if you do this drop, hip drop. What? What's the alternative? Bigger offensive plays. What the NFL wants. Less injuries. Bigger offensive numbers. I I get that, but I'm saying from a defensive point of view, how are you supposed to make that tackle clean without doing this? 
So find a way. Catch up, run faster, pull him back as hard as you can, and just hope that you slow him down enough that you can gang tackle him. Instead of trying to pull it backwards, go forward. If you get, if you already got him around the waist, you know, yeah, the runner's going to fall forward, but you're not going to break his fucking leg. I mean, that all happened in this with the hip drop, so you want to just, so instead of just dropping down, just hold him around the waist and just run with him forward? Pretty much, trying to give him a go down going forward instead of, because the whole point of this, they're trying to stop the momentum. Right. So, of course, they're going to stop him in the tracks doing that. If you already got him, got your arms around him, instead of dropping your hip, what, push your shoulder forward, use your momentum to drive him into the ground going forward, toss him to the side. I mean, we're going to figure something out. We'll see it next year. We'll be like, oh, that was pretty simple to change. It could be. I just I can't think of anything off the top of the head that would... No, that would have the same effect and result with not gaining extra yardage and not hurting somebody. Obviously, nobody ever wants to hurt anybody, I wouldn't think, but right. I just don't I don't know what the alternative is. I don't think there's going to be one like that. Say it's going to be more giving up a couple yards for you're, player you're, safety. You're going to have to. It's the only way. You're not yeah. going to be able to replace this with something that does the exact same thing and be safer. I mean, people can't complain too much because, like, with the offensive line and tight ends and blocking, took out the chop block. They took out to where you can't be engaged and someone comes from the side and hits a defender. That was a big part, double teams like that. Mm -hmm. Chopping a big motherfucker down like Warren Sapp. That was outlawed in the game. And look, they adapted. They found other ways to block and contain these defensive linemen. Right. Same thing's going to happen with this. Defenders will figure out a better way to tackle tackle safely instead of hurting these guys. Oh, no, and they should. I mean, I you don't want to see anybody get hurt. I, it, this is the right thing to do. I just Especially over something like giving up an extra three, four yards. Right. Is that worth breaking somebody's fibula? Exactly. I, I get it. I, I don't... I get it. But We'll go ahead and end the show on that little discussion. We'll see you guys again next week. Let's see, what do we got going on next week for the people? Let's see, so I got down here. Ah, next week we'll be kicking off a new series. We're going to be doing the top 12 players of each position that are currently under the age of 25. So we're not going to go 1 through 12. We're each going to make our own tiers and just go top 12 players. Next week we'll do quarterbacks. Okay, so are we going to do like our top 12 and start at 12, you'll do yours, I'll do mine? Little discussion, move on? Yep. Now, basically, any other news and notes, we'll talk about that, but that'll be our main discussion. We'll both come with our own tiers and list of top 12 quarterbacks under the age of 25, 23 rookies included, because I'm sure they are bound to make this list with the way the quarterback landscape is currently. Yeah. I think they're about to shoot with couple of them at least. Yeah, because 25 is a pretty young age for quarterbacks. Yeah, we'll kick off part one of four-part series of each position of that next week. Be interesting. We haven't done anything like this quite yet, so I'm curious to see how it shakes out for us. But that'll do it for this week's Dynasty episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Paul Edgington. You can find me on Twitter at Gump7285. You can find our co-host, 
Derek Cook at D underscore K-O-C-H 9-3. And then you can find the podcast on all social media platforms at Gridiron underscore FS. And we'll see you guys again next week with part one for quarterbacks, top 12 under the age of 25. See ya.